So I had to learn, okay, I'm going to shoot for that hole, risking my own safety, knowing that there might be one or two other guys who will go with me and try to fight me for that spot. Whereas most of the other guys were going to back off because they didn't want to get in a crash. Welcome to the sales unscripted podcast, where it's not what you're saying, but who you're being while you're saying it that matters. Sales and scaling your business is what drives the engine here. So drop in, buckle up and hold on because we're about to shake up the sales game with the man behind the mic, Jim Padilla. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. I uh, appreciate you uh, making time today on this Columbus Day. It's always one of those weird holidays, kind of like Flag Day. Well, actually not like Flag Day. Running joke in our home here is Mother's Day is like at the top of the list, you know, right up there with Christmas and Easter. And then Father's Day ranks somewhere down below Flag Day. And I'm not even sure when Flag Day is. Uh, that should be all enough said. You know, we always get those crazy ties, the, the jacked up ashtray ceramic made at, you know, from your third grader and stuff, which is cool. That's part of our, uh, part of our banner as the father, right? We get to we get to, we know where, where it's all made with love and it's nothing but the best of intentions. Total side note off track. But uh, what I want to talk about today is, is chasing and expanding limits, testing your boundaries and constantly pushing and striving. Something that's happening frequently in our climate right now. And, and again, I'm not talking about the weather. I'm talking about social climate and what we're dealing with in our, in our political atmosphere and everything. And it's impacting people. There's people who are oblivious to it because they choose to actually not listen to it. And that's great. I'm not just zero judgment for anybody here. And then there's a lot of people who are knee deep in it. And quite honestly, there's a ridiculous amount of people who are misinformed and then using that misinformation to determine their decisions. And the thing that I have found, and I've been in lots and lots of traumatic situations in my life, those of you who know my upbringing was, was very, very tumultuous. And the thing that I always found was not focusing on the problem to get through it. It's focusing on moving through it, right? I've, I've found you don't avoid pain, you move through pain. You don't avoid struggle, you move through struggle. Those who retreat typically end up bringing the trouble to them. You don't end up avoiding trouble. And it's, it's about moving through this. Um, and it's about figuring out where you fit. It's about figuring out how to move through the landscape. You don't stand on level flat ground very often. What you have to do is understand how to move with the ground so that you have good, good firm hold, right? One of the things, uh, we, I coached high school basketball for years and we were blessed. We had tremendous badass athletes. We were coaching, we had a very high profile high school team that we coached with a, with a uh, AAU travel club that was nationally ranked. And, and every year we were putting out kids who were going to play college ball. And so it was, uh, it was an amazing venture. So it was cool when you have athletes at that level, because you can teach them a lot and you can challenge, you can play with things. It was kind of like playing with a toy. We're like, okay, what can we mess with today? How can we adjust something here? And one of the things that we constantly did was um, we were very, very aggressive as on defense. And our point guard, my daughter, Megan, was a point guard and very aggressive and very athletic. And one of the things that we did, you may have heard me talk about this before, is we would challenge our team to get a foul in the first minute of the game, first contact. So when the other team 
brought up the ball and their point guards bringing it up, our immediate objective was to test the point guard's skill and the referee's willingness to blow the whistle. So what we were looking for was how were we going to dictate the flow of this game and how, what was going to happen. So we would get up and immediately put pressure on the ball and watch and see if the official would blow the whistle. And a fast whistle meant they're going to call a tight game. So then we, we would push the limits and then just back off a notch from that. And then we would camp. We'd say, okay, this is where we're going to play defense today. And then other officials who were more, this is more my, my style, actually, when I officiated, is I allowed a little bit more physical play um, as long as it wasn't uh, you know, out of bounds, so to speak. But we watched, we would let kids challenge each other's athletic, athleticism. And when that happens, now you might have a kid who retreats or responds differently. You could see the, the physical engagement. And we knew then that we were still pushing the line. We will, okay, this is going to be physical. Let's see how much he will let us get away with. And it wasn't about playing dirty. It was about being able to control the environment, right? Being able to test the environment, move through it, and, and then challenge the opposing team to say, what could they play with? Right. Because uh, if everybody, if they can play in a physical environment, we were going to have us a game because our team could, our team could play finesse ball with, with teams that were disciplined and we could play really aggressive physical ball with teams who played dirty and hard. Um, so we were a great balance of the two. Another area, another example of expanding boundaries. Uh, I used to race dirt bikes when I was a kid, motorcycles. And I remember when I had my little Yamaha YZ80, which is like a little bike for a kid. I was five years old. And, you know, it was cool. It was fun. And it was, there was always levels of, it was cool to be able to get in the dirt. It was cool to be able to crash into stuff and not die. <laughs> you know, not worry. You're going to hit hay bales and, and uh, rubber walls and stuff. But the, then, you know, the more you ride, there's always more things. You start, okay, do I hit that hole faster? There's six, seven, eight bikes all heading for this first turn and somebody has to be first in it. And usually it was the most aggressive guy. It was the guy who was trying to push his limits. And, so I had to learn, okay, I'm going to shoot for that hole, risking my own safety, knowing that there might be one or two other guys who will go with me and try to fight me for that spot, whereas most of the other guys were going to back off because they didn't want to get in a crash, right? So they would retreat. And this is about challenging limits, testing your environments, right? And not just in, you know, obviously these examples that I use, but, you know, heck, I don't know, in your bedroom, in your sexual relationship in your relationships with your friends um, with your kids you know do you challenge you do you challenge the truth do you challenge limits of what you can say or are you consistently concerned with keeping the environment safe uh, or, or do you do you retreat at the first sign of trouble or do you say okay here's an opportunity for me to press into this and accept this challenge and move forward and move through it and I really what I want to encourage is the environment is for you to, to, excuse me, to, to look to impact that environment. Don't just dip your toe in, right? Seeing what you can do to jump all in. The thing that I have learned and mostly through accident is that the more I press in, the more other people allow me to, because when it comes to it, most people are in a difficult situation. They're in there because they have to be not necessarily because they want to be. And they're always willing to let somebody else jump in. And if not take control, at least help them carry the load. And that's a lot of what the sales conversation is about. When you're in a sales process with somebody, you are, they're, they're in, a, in a tense situation. They're either in a 
tumultuous situation where things are about ready to crash or it's coming around the bend. And no matter what, it's creating, it's altering their environment. It's creating more tension. It's creating more struggle. It's creating more stress. And you have to be able to come into this and say, okay, let's test the boundaries here. What can I, how can I speak to this person? How can I challenge them? How can I come alongside them and let them know I got this and that I'm willing to get dirty too, right? And in that process, um, you're going to start finding out things about yourself, right? My whole approach to the sales conversation is it's about self, right? I'm not here to teach you anything. I'm not here to guide you. I'm, I'm about regulating myself and bringing you along the ride. Example that I use often is in California, the California Highway Patrol. Uh, I don't know if it's current today, but I know it used to be that it was illegal for a plane to track a car, which I don't understand because bottom line, if you're cheating, you're cheating and police shouldn't be <laughs> limited on those kind of tags. They should be able to catch you. But anyway, second story, they aren't allowed to radar you from the plane to the car. But what they were allowed to do was pace you and so they, there's mile markers on the freeway that they can see from the air and they track themselves moving from mile marker to mile marker and then they pace you. And if you get there faster, then they do the calculation and they determine what your speed was. And I, I see a lot of that in the sales conversation, right? A lot of times this is not about me trying to tap into you. This is about me knowing, me being able to step into your situation. Okay, based on my experience from where you are, I, if you can get to the finish line here, this is what it'll look like. This is what your paths should look like. If you, if you move into this and take a different direction, if you stay on the path you're on, this is where it would end up. If you change the path, this is what's likely to, to occur for you. But it's, you know, the lay of the land, you already know what are the, the pitfalls to avoid, you know, what's happening. So you have to take the lead, right? It's not about them stepping into this and trying to figure out what to do and where to go. They should be able to hold your hand and you should be able to move them through. You want to be able to say, step there, step there, step there. I got this, right? I've already found the path and now you're coming along with me. But you have to be able to challenge people in that because oftentimes people don't move through a dangerous situation or a scary situation or a stressful situation with all of their faculties. People get freaked out. They get scared. They get nervous. They get tentative and you have to show them that's all right. Yet you've got them, right? The worst things can happen is what happens when you take this next step? What's your consequences, right? When you take this next step, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if you stay where you are, right? And our job is to help them see clearly, help them be able to see what's going on. Uh, and quite honestly, is to use whatever tactics are necessary, right? Because these aren't normal circumstances. You know, I was just listening to a podcast just earlier today, and it was a psychology, uh, psychological expert, and he was talking about the dark side of marketing, marketing with dark strategies. And he was, and he was specifically pointing to Robert C. Aldini's book, Influence, where he talks about all of the auto influencers, like reciprocity, social proof, um, scarcity, you know, the things that we, that are used to help motivate human beings. And he, he really basically didn't imply, he said that those are dangerous and they're short-term and everything. They're all, they have dark connotations to them and they're bad ways to lead people. Now, if you and I are just sitting down having a cup of coffee or having lunch and I started to manipulating you into what you should eat because it benefits me for somehow if you order the burger instead of 
the turkey sandwich, I get points for it or something. Well, then, yeah, there's some dark connotation. There's, there's, you know, there's no reason for me to make you do something just because it's in my benefit. However, if I know that if you eat this thing, you're going to be sick. And if you eat the other thing, you're going to feel better. And if I can manipulate you into doing so, guess what? It's about the intent and it's about the outcome. It's not about the tactic. Okay. It's intent versus tactic. There is no such thing as a bad tactic. There's no such thing as a good tactic. There are tactics. And they come with just, they come with, uh, with intent. They come with context. Every single scenario is different. Right? Uh, I'm, I've learned years ago, my firm belief that words only have the meanings that we give to them. And I, I use the word manipulation all the time because it's, it's an easy one, right? Manipulation by definition is not a bad word. The intent of the manipulation, right, it can be. You know, if you, it, it's just no different than if your three-year-old was about to run in front of a car, run out into the street. And now in a normal circumstance, would you grab your child by the arm and potentially dislocate their shoulder? Of course, that's not by itself in a, in a plain description that's a horrible thing but given the context and the situation it was necessary that wasn't the time to say please little timmy please listen to me right now while he's running headlong into a, a car and a buick that's going to make him a hood ornament <laughs> okay pardon the example but i'm trying to speak real here right so it's about understanding tactics versus intent i wholeheartedly i totally agree to what this psychological expert was talking about because you know yeah there's no bad intentions all of these uh, these influencers that that cialdini talks about which is a book i have two of them right here on my shelf the old one and the revised one because i think is it's phenomenal insight into human being i didn't buy this book because i want to master the strategy i wanted to understand people understand what makes people move. And that's really what this book is about. And, um, and there's people that talk, you know, there's marketing experts and, and pros out there who, who talk about hammering away at scarcity and social proof, right. And, um, and reciprocity uh, and limiters because you're, you know, urgency factors, because you're trying to move, you're trying to manipulate the human brain into taking action. Well, I got news for you. If you're stuck in a problem and you haven't, and you know, the problem is real, you understand the problem is real and you can see that is doing damage and you're still not taking action. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. And that means your brain isn't functioning at the, under, under normal circumstances. You are in a defensive mode. Everybody doesn't respond the same way in, in harm's way. I, I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I'm a much different person now. And I'm really interesting because of the journey that I've taken in my life. But when I was five years old, I got hit by a car. And I got hit by a car going to get ice cream. There was an ice cream man came on our street and I, our upstairs neighbor, Margo, used to throw me money out her window and say, hey guys, go buy ice cream. And she was just this old widow woman who had her little Cocker Spaniel Sandy and her red Cadillac convertible. And all she ever played was Elvis. But anyway, that's uh, my, my memories of, of Charlotte. But she used to always throw money out to get for all the kids to go get ice cream. So. Today, I went across the street to get the ice cream and I got all these, my, my fudge sickle and everybody's bomb pops and push-ups and whatever. And as I stepped into the road, I looked and I saw a car up the street that was several buildings away. And right when I stepped into the street, 
he barreled down the street at full throttle. And I had my arms full of ice cream and my and change and money in my hand. And all I remember was watching this car come at me. And I froze. Little Jimmy froze. Got nailed. The guy hit me, ran the stop sign at the corner and took off. And it turned out he was here illegally and ended up getting deported, you know, from the country. But yeah, I froze. I had plenty of time. I could have jumped out of the way, but I was like, holy crap. I, I mean, I, don't, I can honestly say, I don't know what I was thinking. I just remember seeing the car coming down to me. Next thing I remember, I was looking up while strapped to a gurney, looking up at this older Asian man who was uh, putting me into the ambulance, telling me it's going to be okay. And at that point in time, is, is that the time to reason? My brain isn't working the same way. My brain's not working, functioning right. right? It might've required somebody to grab me or say something really crazy to get my attention because I wasn't in a normal state of processing. And when we get into challenges, whether it's in, you know, in a business cycle where you're, you know, you're in a bad stretch, you're not making money, you're freaking out, you're stressed out, your house might get repoed, your car might get repoed, you can't take care of your kids the way that you want to, I got news for you. There's a good chance you're not thinking very reasonable and rational. And it's our job to come in and use whatever tools necessary whatever tools necessary, coming from love, coming from great intentions, coming from the place of knowing that my job is to help you solve your problem, not coming from, I need to say anything I can to get you to buy my product. Now, potentially, the path taken might be the same. That doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Right now, you might take the same actions that you would take, regardless of which intention you came from. But it shows up in the connection and the meaning. And so, what I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I don't want you to feel like I don't want you to have the same attachment to the to the meanings. Don't ever, you know, I get talk. I get one of my biggest pet peeves in the sales industry is all of these sales experts, almost a hundred percent of them. And to a point where I've made it in purpose intention to not ever put this in our marketing or in our messaging. They say, we can help you close more sales, comma, hyphen, without making you feel pushy or slimy or sleazy or salesy, right? We can help you close more sales from stage without feeling salesy. We can help you increase your conversions without pushing, without making people feel like they're being slimy. It's like the, the reason, in my opinion, that this that this comment, that this line of questioning always has to be there is because everybody talks about it. Everybody thinks sales is negative because all the sales experts talk about it every damn day. I think it's chicken or the egg thing. I don't know which came first, but I'm really starting to believe that the salespeople are the ones making it worse. But we have to stop apologizing for this conversation because bottom line is, just because it's a tactic doesn't mean it's a bad one. Again, it's called context. It's all intent. And you have to be crystal clear about how you're showing up and what's going to be necessary for this person. And if you have to go a long way around a tiptoe and use 5,000 words to say something where a more direct, straight approach to somebody to capture their attention, get them to listen to you, pay attention to what you're saying, because once they're actually hearing your words, I, guys, I have a really simplified approach and, and, and beliefs around sales conversations. 99% of people who are in a sales conversation are saying, they may not be saying perfect stuff. They might sound a little bit out of whack, but I promise you the information they're sharing is quality and good enough to understand and at least engage a good dialogue in a conversation. 
The problem isn't that you're not saying the right stuff. The problem is most of the time that people aren't listening to you because they're so afraid of being sold or, and, and combined with they're so gripped in the process that they're in. They're feeling stress and pressure and they're starting to make a decision based on, on extremes of need. My God, if I don't solve this, I'm going to lose everything. That's a horrible place to make a decision from. Right? So we have to get their attention, get them to a state of being, a state of consciousness where they can rise above the situation that they're in. We have to do whatever we can do to get their attention. First, their attention, which is why you see, you know, in movies, I don't know if you've ever had to do it in real life. I was a lifeguard when I was a teenager. I've had to smack somebody to get their attention because they were panicking. They were going to drown us both. Right? That stuff is real. And in a sales conversation, you may have to do that verbally. Just give somebody a little, hey, what are you doing? I need you to hear me. We don't have time. The house is burning down right now. I really need you to listen to me. And when you talk to people that way, you'd be amazed at how many of them will absolutely stop in their tracks, come correct. It's a pattern interrupt and it'll get them out of their cycle and get them where they are. So I want to open this up to you team and, you know, I want to know, let's, let's talk this out. I don't want to have dialogue around this because... Well, I want to know what you're thinking and what you feel. I want to, you know, let's talk about examples, scenarios, and what's keeping you from being able to go to go that place when you have to. Hey, Jim. Hey. It's Tammy. I was late on this call because I was on a, a call. Okay. And I, I, I don't know how to get this woman out of this one. Maybe you can help me. She is an author. She knows she needs a podcast. No, I shouldn't say that. She doesn't know that yet. But it is something that she's interested in. And she was really hesitant. And we went round and round. And I was trying to figure out, because I knew there was something missing. We weren't getting there. And when we finally got down into it, it turns out that she was at the last, not this Austin one, but the I think it might have been the, the first New Media Summit or the one in April. I don't know which one. She bought a mastermind from somebody named Jay that was there. Got it. That she didn't use that. She tried to get a refund on and got laughed at by whoever it was that she was on the phone with at this person's business. And because she knows that he's a buddy of Steve's, she doesn't want to touch anything Steve is offering hmm. because she got burned in her mind and I, it took me a long, long time to get down to that level to figure out why she was so resistant because she liked the idea of the Launcher Podcast Intensive. Right. She really did. She wasn't certain if the timing was right. She wasn't blah, blah, blah. I mean, but those are surface issues. And there, I knew there was an issue. Right. When I finally got down to it, we talked about it. I tried to say to her, if you sold your book, if you were on a podcast with somebody and that person recommended your book and someone bought it because of that and didn't like it, should they take it out on that podcaster? You know, I, I tried to give her concrete examples. I, I couldn't get her over it. She's just like, I just, I just got burned. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that's interesting. And, and it's a good correlation. Um, I, I'd be curious and hear whatever everybody else is thinking. How, how would you guys respond and, and keep with names irrelevant, you know, um, but you know, what's, what's the, the approach? What's your, what's your thought on how 
how should somebody approach making this type of a decision? You know, because there's, there's validity in, in her opinion. Oh yes. And I told her so. (laughs) And I also, you know, I, I come from the school of thinking that says I control my outcome. Mm -hmm. Right. Even if something happens to me that was quote unquote out of my control, Mm-hmm. I still am the one to put myself in that situation somehow to be there. Right. So once I have the ability to, to own the control of my outcome, then I now can figure out how to make decisions on that. So what did I do in this last one that I did that? I, what were the lessons that I needed to learn? What, what would I need to take from this? We talked about that. Right. And she said, she kept saying, I mean, I know it was my fault. These were her words. I know it was my fault, but she's really angry. Right about it right now. And I just, I don't know if there's an answer to this. I just would love to have anybody's opinions on how to handle that because, you know, we, we spent a lot longer on the phone than I would have anticipated with me trying to figure out why there was so much resistance. And when I finally got to what the resistance was, couldn't, I couldn't seem to get it countered. Well, like I said I'm 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 interested to hear what you got what yeah, anybody else I'd has love to, to hear say. what anybody has to say um, about this one. Cuz I have got some very definite clear takes on this from my of my own. I'll I'll, I'll add those in after but what I see uh Wendy's there. Looks like Nina, Sheila. What do you let's, let's open this up. Some dialogue here, guys. Hey, this is Sheila. Tammy sounds great. Um my thought is, you know, A, can you can you get her past there? that moment or, and B, you know, why was she, why did she book an appointment in the first place too? Why is she interested? And I don't know if you just asked that straight out or those are my, my, my two thoughts. She booked an appointment because she wanted to know more about podcasting. And it was really interesting because this whole anger didn't come out until we got to the pricing. And then what it really came down to was she didn't like what the price that she would need to pay to go to the intensive was even though she kept lip surfacing me with the idea of she understood the value. And really what it is, is that she wants her money back from what she spent with this other guy credited to this program, which is where we got into the whole idea of, you know, this isn't his program. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, and that's, that's to me the, the, the interesting part because 90% of the time, and I'm just, making up a number, but it's an incredibly large majority of the time. People just pull all kinds of crazy responses when it really comes down to a very simple one. You know, I mean, she's got an ego challenge to get past here. She owned it. The fact that it was her decision, it was her fault, whatever that means, you know, and, and I'm not talking about assigning blame. I'm talking about owning responsibility, which is a different. Absolutely. And, uh, and then quite honestly, as a leader, which is, you know, that, She's here. She's, she's looking to create a movement of some kind, forward her business, lead a community, solve problems for people. As a leader, nobody gives a shit if you're angry. I know. I got news for you, right? The market doesn't care if you're angry, if you're happy, if you're sad. None of that. You know who else? You know, while you're busy being angry, your competitors are going to be taking the market share because they're moving forward irregardless. I hate that. I know that's not an actual word. Regardless <laughs> of your particular mood swings mm-hmm. so and, and we went definitely. through a lot of that and i don't I, I got her closer and you know she's like well i have to i have to think about it i can't make this decision right now because i'm and, and what it really comes down to is that it's a big money challenge for her 
And for her to put out that kind of money is something that she's not certain that she's able to get over right now, having just put out money that she didn't use. And she's right. got it all tied up together. And we're going to talk again. It's not that. Right. I just, you know, it, it was an interesting challenge is all in talking to her. And I was really pleased that I finally got down to where her resistance was right. rather than the surface stuff she was feeding me. Right. Um, and, and the other part of this too, that for me is I'm not interested in I, literally um, any, I, I don't want to spend money. I don't have money. I can't spend money because I spent it on this. It's like bottom line is you were able to come up with it for something that mattered to you. We know that no matter what it is, um, as long as you're in a position where it matters to you, you'll find a way to solve Oh, I know problem, that too. Yeah. Right? So the, the key is how do we have that conversation with mm-hmm. them in the moment? Right, because that's really what this is about. I think we spend a lot of time trying to make sure they feel how much we understand their concern instead of uh, holding them accountable to taking action through it. And again, it you know goes right in the theme of what we were just talking about, right? Having all this, these challenges and resistance. What do we need? What do you need to do to a expand your boundary mm-hmm. to be able to ask that, and then b expand her boundary to be able to receive it. Because that's bottom true. line, you know, we may never have an opportunity to sell her again. We may. Um, so I try to treat every, every, every moment that I'm with somebody as the, the opportunity to help them break through this particular challenge. No, I agree 100% with that. This one was, she just got herself so worked up that even the idea of trying a mental slap wouldn't have worked. She was, she, she'd gotten herself into a froth about this whole problem. And I, I said a couple times, let's step back from that because you know, and, and she just wouldn't talk about anything else pretty much. So uh, ideas from anybody else. I'd love to hear them. Yeah, this is Wendy. Can you hear me, Tammy? Yes, I can. Beautiful. Thank you. I just can't tell sometimes if I'm muted yeah. or not. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, yeah, one other place that maybe I might might go with is actually stepping into this being a really big wake-up call for her, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Stepping into this being a breakthrough moment. So instead of, you know, okay, let's let go of the anger. Let's, yeah, you have the right to be really, really angry. And what's the universe telling you? What's, what are you telling yourself? What's, you know, because you're coming up against it. Mm-hmm. And when you're coming up against it, it usually means that there's something that you really want on the other side. Mm-hmm. And digging in deeper with her to figure out, um, you know, what are the trust issues with herself, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much she's progressed also, because I think also when we get closer to what it is we really want, the universe kind of throws us some challenges to see, do you really want what you want? And using it as a breakthrough opportunity, like using it as an opportunity to sell her into the next program. Mm-hmm. Well, based on results, you you absolutely get to be in something like whatever the product is you're selling. You know, based on what you're just telling me, oh my goodness, there was there was a big kind of wake up call you just had recently, a big breakdown, sure. which means there's a huge opportunity for a breakthrough. Well, that's excellent. I like that. Right. Um, that's really good input and. Uh, the other, the other, the, the mindset that goes hand in hand with that, like I've used the example before, I think we've all had similar calls where you talk to somebody who has a sick 
you know, they're having a problem to solve and they have a very sick relative, whether it's a sibling, mm-hmm. spouse, parent who's in the hospital. And so yeah, you have a dilemma, you have a, an, you know, a family challenge that is absorbing your time, energy, attention, resources. And you're on this call because you're trying to solve a problem. So the thing we need to get clear on is, does your folk, is what's going on in your life, is that supersede you still needing to solve this problem? If it does, then we don't have a conversation here. There's, you go focus on taking care of that thing. If you have a problem and you still have something to solve here, then we can at least make this a little better, right? And the example for this scenario, it's like, okay, you may never solve this problem. Are you going to let that hold up to your business, your success, the rest of your life, everything else that you're doing? Are you, you know, because you're clearly zeroing in on this. What is, what else is this perspective keeping you from accomplishing in your business or in your personal life? Right. And if you can't solve this, then is this going to hinder you from actually taking action to go down the next path of your business, right? To get your marketing, get your visibility, your messaging, you know, whatever it is for, you know, for the LYP. Um, but it's that, it's that same context. It's bringing in the fact that, okay, yeah, stuff happens. I have a sick mother in a hospital. I have a bad investment that I made that I really pissed off at myself primarily, which is the main reason I'm angry. And I still have a visibility problem. So I can either be irritated, angry, and wallow in my pity and solve my visibility problem, or I can be bitter and angry and wallow in my pity and still have a visibility problem. Which would you prefer? Right. And uh, that totally makes sense too. Her problem is, is that she has a lot of visibility. And so she's still, even in the idea of trying to understand, we started with what podcasting even is, to be honest with you. It. So it's, it's a lot of teaching with someone that then discovers, oh, you know what? I, I actually really am angry about this, which is part of the reason that I'm here is because I want to see if mm-hmm. I can't resolve some of that anger. So we have a couple of different issues going on. It doesn't mean she's not going to buy. Right. I'm not, this is, this is right. not a done deal. <laughs> right. Yeah, Tammy, I, think- I would make it the reason she has to buy. Correct. Yeah, exactly. The reason exactly. she has to buy is because now she has a bigger, um, Jim was saying visibility problem, but whatever her problem is, now right. it's bigger. Right. Because now she's whatever <laughs> amount of money in the hole. So exactly. she has a bigger visibility problem than she did, you know, last month. Right. So, uh, yeah. So use it as you need this now even more right. than you did before you, you um, signed up for that mastermind. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll come back around to it and I'll see what I can do. Yeah. But those are really good thoughts and helpful and I appreciate it. Got it. Yeah, I think it, it comes down to, you know, I, I, I did some studying a couple of years ago. Um, I go through phases. I study comics because they're great communicators. I study, uh, you know, psychology. I, I, and I study attorneys for a while because they're fantastic question askers, right? And one of the things you get mm. when you're cross-examining, there's a different, when you're direct questioning, you give is your witness and you give them a lot of latitude. You ask questions that are open-ended and you let them tell what they need to tell. When you're doing a cross-examination, you want to control that conversation. You want to make sure it's not going off into a bunch of tangents and you're trying to, to introduce specific points of evidence. So you ask a leading question like, okay, you're going to have this problem whether or not you buy this program, true or false, right? 
just got to answer one way or the other, right? Then it's okay. And, and on top of that, you're still, you're still trying to figure out how to monetize your visibility, correct? Right? Again, it's just one at a time, one thing at a time, and you're leading her down a path. Okay, now you're at this place where you still have a problem. You decide, you've said you need to monetize your visibility. You still have the same problem. You, you still have this package that you may never get away from, um, and you still have a problem to solve. And uh, as a leader, you've, we've already established that um, you realize that a leader needs to move through her anger and be able to solve this problem no matter what because the marketplace doesn't care, and your people who you're trying to serve, they still need you regardless of if you're angry or not. Right. So now she's at this place. She took one step at a time in agreement where there's, she, she now has to be a complete backpedaler or, or admit some falsehoods to herself before she, to take herself off of that ledge. Right. So it's just, it's once you can split out what are the specific facts that you know are already in place and then just walk her out on that ledge one step at a time to where she now has to answer truthfully because she's already done it. It's like, bottom line, stop wasting our time. Let's go. Let's do the Perry Mason here, right? Let's get you in place. Let's make sure that you're getting clear. Let's just start speaking to the truth because you're talking about a lot of things and what this really comes down to, I know you're just angry and largely you're angry at yourself because you allowed this to happen. And I get it. I get it. And I forgive you. <laughs> you know, you need to forgive you because you're the only one that's going to matter here. Right. But I, when I, I, Unless there's something else that becomes extremely visible, I wouldn't let her off that ledge. That's, that's the problem she needs to solve. She's going to throw a whole bunch of other smoke and mirrors and all kinds of other problems can come up because she doesn't want to deal with the fact that she's angry about a decision that she made. And that's the crux of all of this. That totally makes sense. Right on. So what else, what other thoughts we got here? Let's, I love this, let's unpack this further. Either, you know, any, any thoughts for Tammy or just about this whole um, expanding the container, testing the environment's challenging limits perspective on this conversation. And tactics versus intent. Because I want to make sure that we're all clear about that. Tactics versus intent. You know, again, I've, I've, this, the, the guy I was talking about, the psychologist, not the first person that I've heard say that. A lot of people go down that path. Well, that's manipulation. That's pushing. That's, that's you know, that's sale. And it's like, no, it's not. It's a tactic. A tactic and used with you know it's like having powers of good and powers you know if you have a superpower if you use it for bad it's bad if you use it for good it's good right? mm -hmm. you have a brick and you throw it through a window or you beat somebody with it then it's evil or you have a brick and you brick and you can build a bridge or an orphanage then it's great it's just a brick mm -hmm. and i i want all of all of us like think of a think of a scenario where you felt like you couldn't go someplace, go to a level of depth with somebody because you felt like if you did, you'd be pushing. I, if I go there, I was going to be manipulating. If I go there, I, was, I didn't want to have to do that. And I want you to be able to remove any attachment to the meaning you've assigned to that word. Because it's just a word. And it only has the meaning you give it. And with that perspective, where else are you freed up to get to? What limits are you placing on yourself because of how you've defined a tactic? You know, I think it's fascinating mm. in the coaching industry that people have a lot of this stuff that goes on. Like, well, why is there a limit? How come if I have to buy it by Friday to get the discount? How come if I buy it Monday or next week, I won't get the discount? I don't know. Go to your cell phone company, ask them the same damn thing. It doesn't work that way. 
If they say you want the extra cell phone, you have to buy it by the first and you show up on the third, guess what? You don't get that deal anymore. And every place else in the world, that's okay, except in the coaching industry. People seem to think you're supposed to just expand the boundaries and not hold your, your, your limits and not stand for things because part, largely because nobody else does. They're used to, to talking to everybody about everything and getting what they want. So we have to hold firm in their best interest and do the things that are necessary because that's part of helping them make a decision because quite honestly, most people just suck at decision-making. Most people's lives are structured so routinely, so methodically that they literally don't have to make decisions. And just like anything else, the less decisions you make in your life, the fewer decisions you make in your life, the worse you get at decision-making, especially at important decisions. And most of us spend our entire life trying to avoid making them. So call it manipulation, call it pushing, call it whatever you want. But if it's going to break somebody free from the rut they're in to help them make a great decision, I'm all for it. So what's coming up for you guys? Yeah, thanks, Jim, for using those analogies. Um, that really hit home for me um, about the kid, you know, running across the street and grabbing them. And, um, and that really hits at home for me for intent. So that was helpful. Thank you. We just have to make sure that we can bridge, you know, connect the dots to the sales conversation for what you're selling. Cause that that's an easy scenario. We can all buy into that three-year-old kid running the street. Please don't go. Doesn't work. Grab his arm. Even if it means dislocating the shoulder, because we all understand the importance of that. But why is that okay? But it's not okay to save somebody from being broke or going into renal failure because they won't buy the coaching, the health coaching program or whatever it is. Why is it not okay to use literally just about any means necessary? And again, it's all about the intent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm being reminded of, you know, if it was my um, family member I was talking to, right. And I knew this was absolutely going to be amazing for their life. And they were saying, no, I would just not take no for an answer Correct. because they're my family member and I love them. And, and I'm also invested in, in their well-being for the rest of my life. So, you know, you know, and there have been scenarios like that where somebody will say, no, 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 it's okay. I don't want to eat that today. No, no, no. You're going to eat this and not that <laughs> now. And it, because it, it comes from an, a place of love, of, of intense love, right? Correct. I don't care if it comes off as manipulation or whatever it comes off of as it's coming yeah. from a really intense place of love. You know, I've used this example many times. Um, if you were at lunch with your sister who was about to go back into a relationship with an abuser who you and your whole family, everybody knows this guy has been doing her wrong and she's doing it anyway, primarily because she's afraid to try something new and she doesn't know and she doesn't want to leave him or whatever. You wouldn't just go, okay, I get it. I know it's tough. Go ahead. You would do everything in your power to stop her. And then if you, know, if you can't stop her, then, then you, know, you don't make her choices for her, but you sure as heck wouldn't just lay down and let her make her own without your strongly sharing your perspective and influence and anything you could do to help prevent that situation. Right. And my, you know, I'm always um, 
quite surprised when I watch people take take the opposite approach. It's like these are if these are potential clients, you should care about them, and you should treat them as if you care about them, and you don't just lay down for that nonsense. Right? Ask them a challenging question. Look to get a foul called. Look to get that whistle blown. Be willing to risk, you know, hurting them short term. And, you know, you're talking about long-term gain. Right? Which is sometimes, again, from the intent perspective, if you're just manipulating people to get them to buy your stuff, that's compromising the long-term to win the short-term. But if you're willing to step out and do whatever is necessary to help somebody make a great decision to change their life, that's potentially risking the short term. You might upset them in the short term to win the long term because you're trying to help them. It's all about the intent. The tactic is no different. The intent is everything. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up here. Um, let's go just around the horn. Quick 10-second takeaway. I know, Joanna, you just chimed in here recently, but... Um, what did you, what'd you pick up in the few minutes you were here? I was picking up what she was putting down. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> now this was good stuff. I was glad to be able to make the call today. I, I can't usually make it, but so what I'm um, taking away is when you can actually hear that there was a, a dire, maybe not a dire straits, but a, an, a point where like, you know, this program is really going to change their life then you really have to take the stand for them. And, and don't be sorry for being pushy because you would do the same to save your sister out of a bad relationship or save your kid from being ran over. I mean, so it should, you should keep the same mindset. That's what I take away. Yeah, good. Absolutely. All right, who else, Sheila? Take away many, but the one that resonates the most is get the whistle blown at you. I mean, test the waters and um, don't feel bad about it. I test the waters a lot and I often feel bad about it, but you, if they, if you wholeheartedly believe that they need this based on what they said to really change their business and their life, then you have to, you owe it to them to push a little bit. And I appreciate it when people do that to me. So yeah, um, I just you have to be more confident in that. Yeah. Be willing to get the whistle called. I think that's, that's, that's a great takeaway. Um, and, and it can happen in a conversation. <clears throat> Excuse me. It can be, you know, you ask a tough question and maybe they go, oh, ow, how can, why, why would you say that to me? Say, look, I just care. I'm trying to figure this out here. You're, you showed up for this because you're trying to solve this. You've laid out for me everything you shared. Those are legitimate concerns. I have two things that you've done. You have A, shown me what you want, what you want to accomplish, and I believe in it wholeheartedly. I think the world needs what you've got. I know clients who need what you have. And you've also shown the fact that you are stuck and you are broken and you absolutely will not get there until you solve this problem. It is my job to show that to you, my job to hold up the mirror so you can see clearly what the heck is going on. Sorry if I, you know. I don't even, I, well, I don't even say sorry. I don't, I won't go there. But if, you know, it's like, I, you know, I didn't mean to offend you. I'm just trying to wake you up because you got to see this. Mm -hmm. Nina, what about you? Well, that was fantastic. And yes, it's, it's, uh, you know, love, love, love needs to be tough when, when it needs to be tough and it needs to be clear and straight. And I, I, I loved it. Awesome. 
All right, all right. And Ms. Wendy, what about you? What you got? Yeah, I think my takeaway is that it's okay to test the waters even earlier on. Like I like how you said um, the analogy of playing the basketball game, but you guys would, would kind of, you know, get the whistle blown early in the game to see what kind of game it was going to be. Right. To see how you needed to play the game. So to kind of test the waters early on so you know what kind of game you're playing, what kind of, um, yeah, what kind of sales call it's going to be. Is this somebody that you that welcomes kind of pushing the buttons or is this somebody that, you know, is you got immediately offended from the beginning or whatever. So it's okay to kind of uh, take a risk at the beginning. Yeah. 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 Good. Definitely. Tammy, what's your thoughts? What's your takeaway? Push, push harder, dig deeper. <laughs> Keep it, keep uncovering until you get to what the real problem, issue, concern is, and then bring it out to the light and make them see it and make them own it or not. Amen to that. And in order to make all that work, guys, you just got to keep expanding your personal container. And that's the thing that I, the journey that I've been on for my whole life, right? every time you've arrived, then you realize, oh, okay, I have a new level of awareness. I can now grow my container a little bit more and just keep pushing it out and further and further and further until you can handle any kind of conversation from anybody and be able to speak truth. Like, look, man, I appreciate your perspective. I get where you're at, but you're building a movement. You're solving people's problems. You're a leader. The marketplace and your clients don't care how angry you are right now. They just need you to take action, right? And those, I can tell you guys, I've had a lot of conversations like that and people don't hang up. They appreciate it. Sometimes there's a lot of silence after you make statements like that, but they don't leave. All right, let's go make a difference. Go change some people's lives. Make a lot of money. All right, Jim, I'll show them where to go from here, man. Look, if you love what you're hearing, here's a great way to get more. You can get a free month's access to our awesome drop-in coaching group. All you got to do is subscribe, rate, and review the show and share it. Then head over to salesunscripted.com forward slash get more to get your free month of drop-in coaching with Jim as our thank you. We'll see you next time on Sales Unscripted.